We talk a lot on the show about the reasons you might want to podcast. In fact, it would be fair to say that having a good reason to podcast for your business and then making decisions in alignment with that choice is one of my favorite topics of all time. So it was an unbelievable pleasure when I reconnected with a longtime acquaintance, Alistair McDermott, to talk about his podcast and business, The Recognized Authority. Alistair is a proponent of using tools like podcasts, books, social media, and original research, which is my personal favorite, to build your brand and authority online. So when it comes time for a sales or other kind of important conversation, the way is smoothed and everyone is on the same page. And that's what we're talking about today on the Business Podcast Blueprint Show. Thank you so much for joining me. It is a pleasure to see you today. Yeah, it's it's great. And it's been great to catch up because it's been quite a few years since we were first in touch back when you worked with Danny Innie and, and Firepole Marketing. That was a long time ago. Well, I was thinking, and I know your name has always popped up from time to time in the work I've done every now and then, every couple of years. I'd release something new or I'd publish something and I'd get a little note from you being like, hey, this is cool. Good job. So it, you've always been this wonderful like presence in my career as I've been going along. It's It's been really fun. Awesome. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. And well, you've been up to a lot since the old marketing education days. It was exciting to reconnect with you because, you know, after all the audience building type of work and stuff that we've talked about in the past, you have really settled on a good, strong niche. Yeah. And it took me a long time to get there. I started planning my podcast back in 2014. It's hard to believe it. Seven years before I actually released it. It was an indicator to me that there was a major flaw in my positioning, in my marketing. So back when I first met you, I was a web designer. I had a kind of a web design marketing consultancy and I was focusing on WordPress at the time. And so that was what I wrote about for you guys. But I was very much a generalist. I, I didn't have any specific niche. I was kind of everything for everybody. And if you're everything for everybody, you're nothing for nobody. So that's the problem. So true. And it breaks my heart because being a generalist is so fun and so interesting, <laughs> but it's yeah, yeah, absolutely. not necessarily a great path. <laughs> yeah. And I first noticed it when I started to plan that podcast back in the day and I couldn't plan it. I couldn't record it because it just wasn't specific enough. And it took me quite a long time to realize, hey, I need to specialize. I need to niche down. But that was the key that unlocked things for me. And actually, so now it's something I talk to people a lot about because <laughs> I feel like it's this kind of really important step that a lot of people need to take. You've put in the time, you know, you've done the work, you are definitely the authority. In it. So this next, you know, a little question might be a bit of a throwaway for you. But let's say that you were standing in an auditorium, and I know you've heard this before, of your ideal client, and you get one sentence to describe your business to them, what would you say? Well, I help experts and consultants to become the recognized authority in your field. Perfect. And so that's what you podcast about. That's what you're blogging about. That's what you're kind of creating content about. Tell me a little bit about your podcast, your main one. And how it impacts your business, what role does it play in your business of helping other people become more specialized? So the main podcast is called The Recognized Authority. It originally started out as marketing for consultants. And that's what happens when an engineer does branding. <laughs> and so I knew that I was in that kind of general area, but I hadn't really narrowed it down any further than that. So I just decided, okay, I'm just going to get started now because this is now in the right space. I'm in the right area and I'll figure things out as I go along and course correct. But I knew that I was in the right place. It was something around marketing for consultants and I wanted to figure out exactly what it was. So I started the podcast and 20 episodes in, I had enough information, I'd figure things out. And so I made a long list actually of all the different options 
So I help consultants to do X and went through, I helped them to become thought leaders. I helped them to become niche famous. And I, I had a whole long list and it came down really between thought leadership and recognized authority. So I picked recognized authority because I was more interested in the marketing and recognition part than the thought leadership part kind of developing, because I think that's focusing on a different part of the problem there. That's how that develops. I'm going to break in really quickly and compliment you on that name, particularly because on LinkedIn, when you go to your profile, it's got your name and the next to it is recognized authority. And it looks like a LinkedIn designation that says you are the recognized authority in everything that follows. Super <laughs> great choice. So good. Yeah. <laughs> it's not even deliberate. I'm not claiming to be the recognized authority. <laughs> I think that recognition is in there. It has to be other people who recognize you. It can't be self-ordained. And yeah, it's the people who I'm talking to who I want to be help become the authority. But there is a, a kind of a spillover <laughs> effect there, which is nice, I'm sure. I mean, hey, take the benefit if you get it. You came by it honestly. I don't, I'm sorry, I, I pulled you off from talking about your podcast there. But yeah, your podcast and how it fits in your business. I'd, I'd love to hear all about that. Well, to go back to... To go back to like what I was trying to do was I was trying to learn by asking people questions and trying to learn about, about the field. I was also trying to grow my network. And that's something that I'm doing. And that's why it's an interview show as well, is because you get the network effects of having an interview show, of having your guests promote the episodes or, well, some of them will promote the episodes, some of them won't. That's life. But you do get some network effects there as well. And also, it's just nice to talk to people on a regular basis. My partner, Anne-Marie, she goes to work every day and it seems like I'm sitting at home on my own. But actually, I'm having so many conversations with different people all week. It's crazy. I probably talk to more people than she does, you know, and she, <laughs> she works in a lab, you know. So it's nice to be able to talk to people. It's nice to have the network effects. And I think that the amount of learning that I get from the podcast, like it's a free coaching session as well in things that I want to learn about. So I've gotten to talk to some people who I never would have been able to access otherwise, like mm -hmm. Marcus Sheridan and Alan Weiss and Chris Doe and Chris Walker and Rochelle Moulton and Monique Mills and all these people who I never would have talked to in the normal course of events. And I'm able to talk to them because I have a podcast. The amazing calendar opening effect of a podcast, and it doesn't matter how big it is or how popular, like people just like to engage in this way. It, I think it provides a structure for communicating with others that's kind of missing in other areas of digital life. There's parameters, everyone knows the etiquette. It makes it easier to say yes to that kind of conversation. Yeah, it's such a great LinkedIn connection as well. Hey, I'd love to connect and see if you're a good fit to talk to you as a guest on my podcast. It's and so flattering. You're not really asking them, you're kind of like it's a give. So it's a good way to connect. Fantastic. And well, so let's talk a little bit more about authority. This is kind of, you know, your main area of interest. You do a lot of work on it. You're building it. But when you are using the word authority in this context, how exactly do you mean it? What does authority really mean? So it's not like political power. It's not like authority, like legal or political or anything like that. It's this authority that you have where you get this recognition from people that you're the person, the go-to person on something. You're, you're an authority. I mean, we even have the phrase, he wrote the book on it. She wrote the book. And that's all associated, like the word author is in there in authority. There's this thing that comes from being seen as an authority where it automatically allows you to command higher fees and you get to pick and choose your clients. You get to say no to bad fit clients and you can change your business model. And there's a lot of different benefits that come from that. Let me 
feedback what I've heard is that, you know, being an authority and kind of developing the reputation for you know, knowing your stuff, being an expert gives you a lot of freedom in how you run your business and the choices that you can make as a business owner. Yeah, absolutely. And it's one route for consultants and experts. So what I found was that I was working with different types of businesses back when I was a generalist kind of online marketer. And I was working with all sorts of different businesses at the time. I worked with a mining company. I worked with a retirement planning organization. I worked with businesses that sold women's clothes online. I worked with a children's magician for birthday parties. I was working with all of these different types of businesses. Another one was a a company that made furniture for hotels and restaurants. And I was really annoyed because I was able to help them to get business online, but I wasn't able to do it for myself. And that was very irritating. And I was trying to figure out what's the difference here. So I started to kind of dig into that more. And I realized it's a different type of marketing that we need to do when we're an expert or a consultant. It's much more trust-based and it's much more about kind of taking a, a place in somebody's mind as Rochelle Moulton talks about it as a series of hills and you find your hill and you plant your flag there. And so it's, it's by picking the topic that you want to be known for and kind of dominating within a very small area, you become very dominant in the recognized authority in your field. And so the podcast is one of the pillars that you recommend people create to build this authority. What are the others? Yeah, so I've been thinking about this a lot. So it's about writing and speaking. I think that's ultimately what it's about and finding ways to do that. We can't have the recognition unless we're publishing. We need to be publishing something and it needs to be something that has an opinion on. And in order to do that, you need to know your area really well and you need to be somewhat specialized because you have to have a field, you have to have something to talk about. So for me, looking at all of the people who I've talked to and looking at lots of different authorities in different fields, I think that there's a pattern where a lot of them have podcasts, a lot of them have books, a lot of them are on LinkedIn. So those are a kind of platforms or channels or activities that I see that people are doing on a regular basis over and over again. Well, let's uh, dig into each of that a little bit more because, I mean, you can have a book, you can have a podcast, you can be on LinkedIn. How do they need to relate to each other, these three things that you kind of are recommending people do? What's the connection between them? Yeah, I think the cool thing is you can actually repurpose from one to the other. And by the way, there is one other thing which I didn't mention there, which I think is important, which is research. Research can come in all sorts of different forms. Just to give one example of that, I did a survey of over a thousand consultants where I surveyed them on lots of different things related to marketing. I came to conclusions based on that. That gave me lots of information, probably gave me the guts of several books, but I came to certain conclusions based on that research. And I was talking to a guy called Tom Miller, who is also an expert in lead generation for consultants. And he had done a survey where he had had telephone conversations. He talked to 43 consultants. He talked to each of those for 20, 30, 40 minutes. He surveyed them that way. The really interesting thing was we had totally different methodologies, but we both came to the same conclusions. We compared notes on a call one time. And it was really fascinating because he had come to all the same conclusions I had. And it was great because we kind of cross-validated each other's studies. But what was really interesting was the way that he had gone about it. I was thinking, well... That's one thing that you could do if you're podcasting is having these conversations is also use it as a research tool. 
And I think that research is really interesting because then you've got something interesting and new to talk about. You know, you're educating yourself because I think that research part is something that it can allow you to learn about in market, particularly if you're doing something like what I was doing, which was I was repositioning the business and I was niching down. I wanted to understand the language that the people I was talking to use. That allowed me to do that because I was asking them lots of questions about the language and all sorts of different things about that. So I think that the podcast, you can actually dual purpose the podcast with research. The interesting thing then is you can also use that to create an outline for a book. You could use that and that will also give you, for example, that will also give you topics to talk about on LinkedIn, either through the form of writing or doing videos or however you want to you want to do that, whatever kind of formats you're comfortable with. Let's dig into that a little bit more because this is really interesting. I mean, you know, at One Stone Creative, we are big fans of research. We've done two iterations of the State of Business Podcasting Report, which is the most grotesque amount of labor that we do over the course of the year, but the results are so cool. Yeah, those reports are great. I've, I love that. I dug into some of that actually about a year ago, I think, when I was podcasting. So yeah, really fascinating. I like what you're saying is the functionality of research for someone you know who is podcasting, who is blogging, who is on LinkedIn or other social media platforms to build authority. Are you saying it's providing the context for what they can be talking about or if it's providing something to speak about? What are kind of the use cases of this research that people can be deploying in their businesses? There's different things that you can do with it. So for example, when I started out, I didn't understand why consultants didn't care about their websites. And I found that they didn't care because I asked them, how much would you spend on your website? How important is your website to you? And I asked them questions like these. And I was trying to figure it out. And as I asked more and more questions, I realized, okay, they don't care all that much about their website because their website is not that important in their marketing and sales process. And the reason for that is because they're doing most of their lead generation is actually coming from referrals. And so they're getting word of mouth referrals. And in a word of mouth referral, your website, it just has to meet a certain bar. It's not really all that important. It just needs to, to show that, you know, you've got a professional photo of yourself and have some basics on there, but it doesn't really need to do a whole lot. It can be like a brochure site. And in that context, in the context of getting most of your business from referrals, which is what most consultants and experts, that's the way that most of them actually get business. Then in that case, your website is not all that important. And so that insight was really important for me because that allowed me to say, okay, well, what are the other types of websites that are out there? And what are the other ways of marketing that, that consultants and experts can do, which is why I started to look at building authority and okay, led me down that path. You figure out what you don't know, and then you actually do the research to find an answer and a hypothesis, and then you can make your business decisions based on that actual hard data. 100%, yeah. I'm so happy to have heard that. And it's so nice to talk to another data nerd at any time, <laughs> always. <laughs> yeah, and I think it's kind of like applied common sense, you know? It's super common sense once you've gotten into it, because to most reasonable people, it would not occur, oh, I should conduct an original survey and create all this information to answer. I don't know if that's necessarily what people would jump right to. But, you know, as, as a content stream, as well as an answer to the questions that you have, great source of information. Yeah. And you've seen the other benefits of research. You know, you can put research out. It'll get picked up in the media. It's one of those things where it'll work really well for lead generation and things like that. I got an email with a follow-up question from the last one we published from the New York Times. And I was just like, what? 
It was the coolest wow. thing. That's really cool. Yeah. That's power of research. One thing that I started doing is I've started asking one question, the same question over and over again to my guests. Oh, I love that. What's the number one tip that you have for building authority? And actually, I now ask it in the intake form. So once I've gotten 50, 60, 70 people answering that question, I'll be able to do all sorts of interesting things with just the one answer to that question. So that could be an ebook all of its own, or 50% of experts say that you should do this thing, 20% say this thing, and you know, or there might be something new in there that I never thought about. And so you can use that as well. It's coming back kind of to pattern matching. That's one of the things about doing surveys and asking questions and doing research is you don't really know what the questions are going to be until you get into it. And the way that I did the surveys, it was very adaptive. It was kind of small scale research. So I didn't send the same survey out to a thousand consultants. What I did was I surveyed them with my first survey to over a hundred. And then once I got the answers back, I created my second survey based on what I wanted to learn. I went through iterations of that. The third or fourth one, I was really fascinated by the answers I was getting back around networking and referrals. And so I, I surveyed a different type of audience. I surveyed larger consulting firms to see were they also as dependent on referrals. And it turns out they are, which was really fascinating to me that, that consulting firms with 51 to 200 staff that we see networking and referrals as their number one method to do lead generation. So that was really fascinating for me because I was thinking, well, you know, aren't they at that larger scale? Are they not getting more sophisticated about their marketing efforts? Yeah, I think they'd do outbound. They'd have a sales team. They'd have, yeah, yeah. yeah. So that was really fascinating for me. That really was what said to me, okay, there's this huge dependence on referrals in this market. Referrals can be good. They also can be bad. Sometimes you can get for example, I get referrals to my old brand website doctor. I get referrals that I can no longer service, basically. And I also get bad referrals sometimes. You know, I'll get somebody who comes on and they don't have any budget. Or you'll get somebody and it's like it's a lukewarm referral. So the, the person who's referred to you will turn up and say, look, can you tell me about what you do and, and basically sell me? And I hate that. You know, one of the great things about authority marketing, inbound marketing, is that people will usually turn up pre-sold because, you know, they binge listen to your podcast. They watch your YouTube yeah. videos, all of this kind of stuff. They don't need to be sold to. They're already know they want to work with you. They just want to know if they can afford it. That's really what it's about. So I really like authority marketing because of the way that it works like that, because the sales process becomes much smoother and it just becomes a much more pleasant thing to do. And that's one of my favorite parts about B2B or company podcasts. It's a benefit that no one expects when they're getting into it. You know, if you're like a financial services provider or a lawyer or one of those kind of professional services areas, if you get your sales team or if you get other team members on board with sharing podcast episodes with leads, by the time they get onto your discovery call within your department, they're just like plainly we're working together. I love everything that you say. We just need to sign on the dotted line. And then the person, who, the talent of the host of the podcast is just like, well, okay, then. <laughs> I, I guess we'll just get started because you know me already. <laughs> Yeah. And there's this parasocial relationship, I think they call it, this one-sided relationship where somebody feels like they already know you. And they're so weird. It is weird. But podcasting has this strange intimacy because we're in people's ears while they're doing yep. something else. And I think that it's much more intimate, even ironically, than video, where usually they can see you. So there is something about that that really builds trust. And then 
when you add the consistency of a regular schedule and, you know, up doing that over time and people can see, oh, you've been doing this for a year and you have 70 other episodes I can go listen to. So it's all building trust, which is really the key, the crucial ingredient. And that's what it all comes back to in my world of consultants and experts who are selling those expert services. It's usually hard to sell those services because they're intangible, they're invisible. It's hard to understand them. Sometimes they're very nuanced. There's a lot of risk involved, usually. It's usually transformative type of work. And so you have this need. And the other thing is, it's not transactional. It's usually a relationship. And so all of that means that the, the requirements for trust are so much higher. And, you know, you're not buying a bar of chocolate. You've got to have this huge amount of trust. And that's why referrals are so important in that world, because people are passing their trust, the recommendation. And so if you don't have that recommendation, how do you build that trust? Well, you become known as an authority. And that's kind of where it all led to that. I think that makes perfect sense because referrals are wonderful. I mean, our company is almost entirely referral grown, which is hugely gratifying, but really hard to scale. <laughs> so Very hard to scale. and Hard to rely on. It's hard to rely on. That's the thing for me. And when you have a, a model where it's not based on referrals, when you have people coming to you through this inbound by just putting out content and having people turn up at your door and say, hey, look, I'm interested in working with you. You can do lots of other interesting things like you can change your business model. You can start to deliver, for example, online courses instead of doing one on one projects. There's lots of different things that you can do at that point. But the main one for me is that you can say no to bad fit clients. That's the really crucial one. That's the lifestyle upgrade right there is getting to that point in a business where, you know, you don't have to work with everyone who comes knocking because, you know, you can really just prioritize people who are going to be a pleasure to work with. Yeah, I don't want to knock on referrals too much. They are really, really important. Okay. But for me, they can be like hope and pray marketing. <laughs> You're just hoping and praying that somebody will arrive. And then you've got to go through the whole sales process. I think we've had really, really good luck with them by and large, just mostly because, you know, we really like the shows that we produce. And so when they send us their friends or colleagues, it's like, oh, it's another person from this group of people that we like. But we've probably also been very lucky. Yeah. And some people are better at growing their network. And some people are better at asking for referrals. There are probably some markets where referrals are easier to do. And then there are some where it's the opposite. And some people don't enjoy growing their network. They don't enjoy going to networking events and they don't enjoy that part of it. And so I think that another way to do marketing is simply by teaching and learning, which is what we're talking about. When we're talking about publishing and doing research and things. You can kind of simplify it and boil it down to, I like teaching people about what I know and I like learning new things. And, and if that's your marketing, it's not really marketing at all. You know, it's, it's just much more pleasant to do. We are getting a little bit close to the half hour, but I know you have a second podcast that you're doing something kind of interesting with, the Specialization Podcast. And so I'd like to hear about how you've kind of set that up and how it is working for you. Yeah, sure. So the Specialization Podcast it's a static podcast, so I'm not adding new content to it very often. I recorded it last year and I put it out there in part because I wanted to have a way for people to introduce me and talk about specialization. And I didn't have time to write a book. And actually, I used the outline of the book that's work in progress. I used that as the outline for the episodes and I recorded straight through. So it's like an audio training course. And so it's this kind of resource that I can point people at and say, 
If you want to learn about how to niche down your expert business, your consulting business, and you want to learn how to specialize, go listen to this. It'll give you all the steps that you need to follow. Perfect. And so, and so this is kind of an entry point, a lead generator. How is it functioning in that way? Are you seeing really good conversions on it? Do a lot of people listen to it? Sort of, how's it performing? Yeah. So the numbers are not huge, but when I do get people come to me and they've listened to all of that, they understand the process. They know what I'm going to take them through. Quite often, and this is one of these things about these kind of experts, consulting type businesses, is people who are potential clients, they don't want to do the work themselves quite often. And so it's okay to give away all your trade secrets. Put it all up there. Yes. And people will come to you because they don't want to go through all of that themselves or they want support and they want somebody to help them work through it. And one of the things I think about specialization in particular is it's very difficult to do on your own. I think that you need to get some sort of support, be it a mastermind group, some peer support or a business coach or something like that. You do need some help, some external feedback on that because it's it's very hard. You can't read the label from inside the jar. <laughs> it's something that David C. Baker has in his book, I think. So you need to have some kind of support. And so the people who have come to me after doing that, who need help, they already know what the process is. And So it's very easy for me. I just say, okay, well, this is how we're going to do it. This is probably how long it's going to take, depending on where you are. And this is the the fee for the coaching. And people just sign up. It's not a tough sell because they've already decided. There's no sales process with this, which is the really cool thing about it all, is people get into your world of content and start to consume the different things that you have available. One of the great things about this type of marketing is what you're doing is you're writing and speaking, and you're creating this content that you're putting up. So you end up with this whole just world of content, this body of work that you can point people at and say, hey, yeah, go listen to this podcast and this podcast. I have podcast now with with the recognized authority. I have a podcast episode on almost every topic that I can point people at and say, yeah, if you listen to this particular one, it'll have answers to the questions that you have. And quite often they'll go binge on that and then they'll come back ready to work. I think it's just such a more pleasant way to spend your time rather than going to networking events and trying to grow your network on LinkedIn and this kind of thing. Now, those things still have their place, but if you can move away from that, it's a nice way to go. Absolutely. And I love the permanence of that kind of body of work too, because, you know, in a year you can still point to, you know, this episode that we're recording right now and and help someone six months, a year, 18 months from now, it's still going to be good information. It's still going to be working for you. Yeah. And that's, the advantage of working in an area that's quite evergreen as well. So that's an advantage for sure. It's something I think about trying to make all of my content evergreen. I like the, the Alan Dibb method. He's uh, the one page marketing plan is a great episode on the free time podcast all about evergreen email sequences. Super, super inspiring. Cool. I got to check that out. Perfect. Well, so as a last little kind of word of advice to folks who are listening, if someone is thinking about, okay, for my business, for my company, for my consulting practice, I'm thinking about starting a podcast. What's your piece of advice or your word of warning for someone who is thinking about getting into it, one or the other? Okay. So the number one thing I think will make your podcast better is to listen to lots of different podcasts first before you start. Once you become a podcast listener, the podcast listeners make for better podcasters. That's probably what I'd say. Perfect. And where can people find you and uh, learn more about you, listen to all of your great content, and then hire you? (laughs) 
Yeah, so you can <laughs> check out The Recognized Authority, which is the podcast. So if you're in your podcast player right now, you can go find The Recognized Authority. That will take you to everything you need. If you stick that in Google, that will get me as well. Perfect. And of course, if you happen to be on a browser or using your phone in the show notes, you will find links to The Recognized Authority and several other ways you can connect with Alistair. Thank you so much for being with me here today. This was absolutely enjoyable. I really love the specific strategies you gave us today. I'm excited to try out some of them. Awesome. It's such a pleasure to catch up with you again. Perfect. And in a couple of weeks, I think we'll be uh, chatting on your show, which I am extremely excited about as well. 100%. Look forward to it. As always, I've been your host, Megan Doherty, and you are listening to the Business Podcast Blueprint Show, which is produced as a collaborative effort by the whole amazing team at One Stone Creative. If you're thinking about podcasting and getting the networking, content generating, and general authority building benefits out of it, please go to onestonecreative.net. That's O-N-E, stonecreative.net, and drop us a line to say hi. We would love to talk. 